3: Well, good morning to you. We have made it to the middle of the week now. It is hump day, middle of the week day, over the hill day. We're Wednesday and we're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, which is a good thing. And I'm looking forward to the weekend already. I've already planned some things. Um, I'm going to start my weekend early. I'm going to Thursday go to the movies. I'm going to go see the Suicide Squad so I can talk to you about it with Matt Smith on Friday, because uh, Matt will join us at uh, uh, 735 on, on Friday. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, today, Lance Hines uh, from the Little Rock City Council will join us here in about a half an hour to talk about the mayor's 1% sales tax uh, that he wants the city uh, uh, fathers and mothers to approve. And we'll talk to him about that and how he's feeling uh, about it. There'll be a vote on that here coming up in the next uh, few days. So uh, he's going to bring us up to date on that. Uh, Coming up on uh, the second hour, uh, Congressman Westerman will not be with us. He is out west uh, visiting. He had told us that he was going to be doing that and uh, checking out what they're doing about the uh, fires out west and things of that nature. And since he's a uh, forester, that's what he has his degree in from Harvard, uh, he'll be uh, talking to us about that uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, next couple of weeks he won't be on with us. But uh, Congressman Hill will be here today, and he'll be in studio today. He'll be stopping by and bringing a uh, visitor with him, uh, the French and British Member of Parliament. Raymond Christie uh, will join him uh, today as well, and they want to uh, discuss China, and China is an area that needs to be discussed, not just because of the Wuhan virus and, you know, did they do it on purpose or did it happen by accident uh, and got out, but uh, talking about, you know, uh, monetary manipulation and all the other things they're doing how they're building up their military, how they're flexing their muscles, how they are trying to uh, get their spies into the United States. We've got a lot of things to talk about about China, no doubt. So we'll be talking to him. uh, Congressman French uh, Hill met him uh, in 2018 as part of a British-American parliamentary exchange program. So uh, we will uh, see him coming up here in just a little bit a lot going on right now can you say that como is in deep doo-doo i think we all can say he is in deep deep doo-doo right now uh the that's one of the biggest stories probably out there today uh let's just kind of run over that a little bit the president yesterday called for his resignation And uh, he responded to this question, if the investigation confirms the claims of the women, should he resign? Now, if you watch the press conference of the AG uh, on television yesterday, 11 women were named in the sexual harassment and uh, one uh, that they went after and tried to completely discredit and looks like to me, uh, there's no doubt that the man is is guilty of uh, what this uh, investigation turned up. They they inve- they talked to over two hundred something people on this, and they got a lot of damning evidence about it. Uh, Seth Mandel says that yet again, a uh, not insignificant part. Of This is a CNN media scandal as well, as you know. Uh, the governor's brother is on CNN, and he was doing things for his brother. He was writing, you know, letters saying that he was sorry. Not not Chris, but, you know, uh, Kumo was sorry about he did this and did that, and it was misunderstood and all of that and then was having him on the air and literally was giving him free reign to defend himself on all of this stuff. Uh, Kumo was fighting back with dirt on one of his accusers and uh, saying things that she just misunderstood and uh, said that she was a victim of sexual abuse and that meant that she couldn't tell the difference between him uh, harassing her and him just being himself. I, I mean, I, I watched what the, the the press conference that the governor did and how he was showing, see, I, I'm like this with everybody, and he showed himself kissing men on the cheek and, and things of that nature. Uh, that's not the kind of stuff they're talking about. Uh, the woman that they are going after and digging dirt up and throwing at her says that, he ran his hands up her blouse and groped her breasts. That's a little more than what we were seeing in the pictures, uh, that he put up during his press conference, uh, no doubt. So that was, uh, that was, that was something to, to see yesterday of how he was trying to say, Hey, it's no big deal. You know, I'm just who I am, uh, So uh, I'm looking at Dan McLaughlin. He says that uh, he would give two-to-one odds that Cuomo gets pushed out uh, through uh, impeachment or a primary challenge. There are real incentives to get rid of him, but they will dissipate, he is saying, as far as Dan. I I just got to say this is much worse than what uh, Bill Clinton went through. I mean, it was one woman with Bill, basically, and then uh, some different uh, women came forward later, but their careers and their names out there, you know, Juanita Broderick and, you know, we got uh, right here in in uh, Arkansas, up in Cabot, uh, we have people that were uh, misused by the man. And, uh, you know, he's he's still... Look, they want to call this they want to name the special chair of uh, the the college with him uh, of uh, law over at UALR they want to name a chair after him and there's some very interesting things coming out about that as well this is a guy that's been discredited as a lawyer lost his his legal uh, law license not has not reapplied for it so uh, when it comes to sexual harassment and stuff, lot of, a lot of Democrats have a hard time uh, you know, not coming to uh, the rescue of, of one of their own. Although I will say this time, some big names have now said that Cuomo needs to resign. Uh, Schumer has said that. Now Pelosi has said it, uh, and uh, a lot of the other um, big voices on the Democrat side, in Congress, uh, in the Senate, in the House, and in the President. So, I don't think he's going to survive. I do believe he'll be impeached, and I think he'll be removed from office. So, um, New York, I guess, felt like uh, Chicago was outdoing them. <laughs> and so, they're, uh, since, uh, they, need, they need somebody to be, uh, you know, throw mud all over themselves and and Cuomo has done that and yet still sitting in the wings are the 10,000 people that died in the nursing homes uh during the COVID-19 outbreak in New York and some of the total ridiculous missteps uh that the the governor made so that is one of the big 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 uh stories that's just sitting out there and waiting to be unleashed on Kumo as well I I think that he's toast Uh, Newsome out in California another Democrat governor is in trouble Uh, the recall is nearly dead even now uh, when the polls open are they saying that there should be a recall or not Uh, I've got a story here and it breaks it down it says that uh, 46% say they plan to vote yes on the recall. 47% say no, which is uh, within the margin of error. So it's a dead heat right now. Uh, Larry Elder is now well out front uh, in the group of people that are wanting to replace him. Uh, You know Larry Elder. Larry Elder was a talk show host here on... uh, one oh one one FM, the answer uh, had to come off the air when he decided to run for governor of California. And he sits right now at 23%. That's three times higher than the next opponent. Uh, more coming out about that. Let me break it down for you. From John Fund, Latinos' only racial group in favor of the recall... 54 to 41, uh, 54 for the recall. 41% say no. Uh, whites are split. 48% want the recall. 49% say no. Uh, blacks are overwhelmingly against the recall. 41% say yes to the recall. 57% say no. Uh, the GOP, 80% says that they want to recall, 16% say no, Uh, only 23% of Democrats are pro-recall. So that's the way all that's lining up out in California right now. Looking at, uh, if you get questions about Social Security, you can get all your answers in an easy-to-understand booklet. Uh, It's called Your Guide to Social Security from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, It's a 27-page booklet, outlines what you need to know uh, that can help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you'll receive a free, customized social security analysis uh, that's going to pinpoint the optimal time to bring every nickel out of your benefits uh, pick up the phone call now 501-222-3315 again the number one more time 501-222-3315 all right back with you here at dave ellswick show coming up at six thirty five. We'll have uh, City Councilman Lance Hines with us. He represents the west side of Little Rock. We'll be talking to him about the 1% sales tax that the mayor wants uh, for Little Rock and uh, why he's against it and uh, how you can get, if you're wanting to fight against it, how you can get involved in the fight. So Lance will be talking about that. That's coming up at 635. Right now Missouri governor uh Mike uh, Parsons yesterday pardoned uh the couple that came out armed to face a Black Lives Matter mob uh that was that broke down a, a fence going into their uh the suburban area and uh, you know they were being charged with uh, misdemeanors and things of that nature Uh, he has now uh, said that he's he's dropping all of those charges against uh, Patricia McCluskey uh, and uh, Mark McCluskey. The uh, viral nature of Mark and Patricia McCluskey's entrance onto the national stage and becoming a symbol of not only American Second Amendment right to use firearms to protect your home and property, but of their vigilance in standing against an angry mob intent on doing them harm, made a pardon of the charges against them a foregone uh, conclusion. This is a story from Red State. It says both McCluskeys are attorneys and uh, embedded in the St. Louis legal community. After the incident, they gave them an international presence. Uh, the McCluskeys were. Tap to give a pre-taped speech for the 2020 Republican National Convention. Mark has used the uh, name recognition and notoriety to mount a run as a Republican for Senator Roy Blunt's seat. And the uh, charges against the McCluskeys and their subsequent plea, along with the charged nature of the entire failed uh, affairs, they said held a whiff of to use an activist term, inequality. Apparently, Missouri Governor Mike Parson thought the same. Parson declared both uh, in July and October of 2020 that he would pardon the McCluskeys, and Parson held true to his word. From the local Fox 2 News channel in uh, St. Louis, Missouri Governor Mike Parson has pardoned a pair of St. Louis attorneys who drew international fame and infamy for waving guns at protesters outside their Central West End home last year. The pardons were issued on Friday, July 30th, but announced Tuesday. Parsons issued 12 pardons and commuted two sentences uh, on that day. Uh, Jeff Charles Reported on the plea deal the attorneys chose to make and why Mark McCluskey felt comfortable taking it, and uh, it just goes into the whole reason that they t- took the misdemeanor charges and and let uh, let them stand. They avoided any jail time, only paid fines of seven hundred and fifty and two thousand dollars, respectfully. Uh, the activist St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner was at the center of the controversy surrounding the McCluskeys. Uh, Gardner chose to throw the book at them with charges of felony use of a weapon and misdemeanor fourth-degree assault, but chose not to charge the Black Lives Matter group who had broke down a gate and trespassed on the private grounds of the McCluskeys housing community. So um, that comes out to a decent end, but... We shouldn't have AGs being able to turn around and, and try to throw the book at people because they are, you know, using self-defense techniques against people that are breaking into their property and into their area. And uh, when it happened, we talked about that extensively here on the show. And, uh, you know, basically they were getting screwed over by uh, the left, During that time, well, that's been flipped back now. Uh, American Olympic swimmers, I know you probably aren't watching the Olympics. A whole lot of people aren't. Uh, Viewership is down from the last uh, Summer Olympics, which was held in Rio, uh, is down by 48%. Most people are saying they're not watching because you got so many athletes that talk about how they hate America and, and how terrible America is. And, you know, I've got the, the same question that everybody else has, and that is, why do you want to be on the Olympic team for the USA if you hate the USA so badly? I, I, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Uh, the, uh, di- the, uh, the hammer thrower, the lady that turned her back during the o- Olympic trials here in the United States... Uh, turned her back on the American flag and the national anthem uh competed yesterday uh or i don't know japanese time today i don't know uh made the statement uh, you know she was out doing her thing and uh there were 12 people competing for medals she finished 11th uh out there so her her stage i think is is going to be taken away from her Olympic swimmers are asking why the Russians shouldn't be competing in Tokyo. Uh, If you tuned into the Olympics, saw a team competing from ROC, you were probably wondering which country that might be. Uh, That would be understandable as there is no country that competes with the ROC designation. ROC is being used by the Russians. You know, the country allegedly banned from competing in the Olympics due to doping violations. Uh, ROC stands for Russian Olympic Committee, but it's a made-up label by the Russians. It's a loophole being used in order for their athletes to compete in the Olympics. More than 330 Russian athletes are competing, but not actually representing Russia. Kind of wink, wink, you know, nudge, nudge. <laughs> they are competing for Russia, bottom line, and it's ridiculous, Uh Here's the thing. In 2019, Russia was banned from international competition for four years because they perpetrated the biggest doping scandals in sports history. So the American swimmers are asking, why are they even in the pool? And I agree. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be competing, but they are because the world is so screwed up they can't even notice the truth if it bit them in the, in the behind just the way it is. All right, coming up at uh, 6.35, Lance Hines will be with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's find out what's happening in the news. All right, back with you here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're expecting a call from uh, Lance Hines in uh, just a moment and uh, talk to him. I think that might be him now, and it is. So we'll be talking to him uh, shortly. want to remind you about PI Roofing. TI Roofing is out to help you keep your roof in good shape. Now, let me give you a, uh, some information, <coughs> excuse me, uh, for tomorrow and uh, the 735 segment of my show. Uh, Joel Johnson is going to be on talking about future uh, roofing materials and the way that they do roofs and things of that nature. Uh, that will make your roof last a lot longer and which uh, the folks at PI Roofing are integrating into their business. So he'll be on tomorrow at uh, 735, and you won't want to miss that segment with him here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, they're the best roofing company that I know of. Uh, it's the only roofing company that I've allowed on my roof to work on my roof at my house uh, out in Cabot, I uh, I I tell everybody to use PI Roofing. Somebody calls me up and says, who do you use, Dave? And I tell them use PI Roofing. Uh, you heard Elizabeth yesterday talking about she used them. And then after she used them, four other homes uh, in her area were using PI Roofing and getting their roofs fixed by them. They're the best around, professional. They do it all right. Uh, Joel Johnson and Veronica Johnson, the owners of PI Roofing, been around for almost 21 years. Have been a part of the Dave Ellswick Show since they started. And I can just tell you, you can trust them. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, let's get to uh, the uh, city councilman, Lance Hines, who joins me today, uh, talking about uh, what's going on here in in Little Rock. And, and Lance, the, we've seen all of these stories Al, how the mayor of Little Rock wants to have a 1% uh, sales tax increase. Uh, the first time he came out and brought this up, it was all about parks.
4: What's it all about now? Is
3: it still about
4: parks? Uh, it's, it's still about parks and the zoo pretty much. About 47% of the funds from this $540 million he plans to spend on the zoo and and uh, parks infrastructure, uh, very little going to public safety and and uh, and, uh, and and uh, public works, streets and drainage and and police and fire. So, yeah, it's uh, much has changed. Uh, not much has changed in it. Uh, you know, we kind of my fellow directors. Uh, he he cobbled together six votes to get it passed. We they did it at several special called meetings at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. So not many people in the city knew what we were even doing. So, uh, to say that that was, uh, above board, you know, it was, it may have been legal, but it may not have been right. Um, you know, I think that the biggest concern is uh, like you already deal the uh, is, you know, we're, Uh, somebody put it to me this way he says you know i I like to have wine and cheese but you gotta you gotta be able to buy the milk and bread first and you know until we get our city safe where we're not having rampant violent crime um you know i think uh, uh, you can have the nicest parks and the nicest zoo in the nation and nobody's going to come to them yeah and i I would
3: i would agree and you know, I would think that the mayor would be more concerned about the additional violence that we've been seeing in Little Rock,
4: yeah, I mean uh, he can he and his his police chief continue to ignore the problems we're having. Uh, you know last night uh, they called they they took some of the American Rescue Act funds, but imagine this uh, didn't spend them on uh, police but on uh, crime intervention program uh you know which uh, i agree we need some folks out on the street trying to tamp down stuff before they happen but uh we continue to be you know 50 to 75 officers short on the street and i can tell you when uh you don't have police doing proactive policing and they're doing reactive policing your your crime problems not going to get better Do you p- know i think i think one of one of the most egregious things about this sales tax is they want to spend 30 million dollars on a giraffe exhibit at the zoo and uh i I like the zoo and i I like giraffes but 30 million dollars when we got raging violent crime just doesn't seem to be the right place to be spending our money
3: yeah i would i would agree with that but i don't want to hear him come out and say i want one percent raise so we can have more money for uh for police either we hear that all the time take out the money from your existing budget and address the issues for the city
4: well, and here, here's the dirty little secret that I'm trying to get out there. And if if you go to our stop1percent.tax website, you'll see some of this stuff. But currently, our sales tax uh, uh, collections for the first five months of this year are up about 15%. We've got about a $7.5 million surplus over and above our budget right now and he's wanting to raise the, our sales tax $54 million a year when we're running a budget surplus. It doesn't seem to, to fit. And based on the current run rate, we could end the year with well over $20 million in surplus.
3: All right, so, so uh, Lance, let me jump in and just say exactly when will this uh, vote come up about whether to allow it or not.
4: The uh, The election September 14th. Early voting starts August 31st, so it's right around the corner. They, they literally did this, you know, in the dark of night um, to get it on the ballot at the last minute. Uh, you know, so, yeah, September 14th is the election, uh, and uh, we just need everybody to go out and vote no. Uh, they can also uh, – we've got a, a Twitter page, at 21rebuildno, and then stop one tax is our website. Uh, and then we've got to raise the money. Site. We're also we're also having to raise funds, as you know, to fight this. The mayor said he's going to raise three hundred thousand to run a campaign, and so we're just trying to raise some money to get the word out and make sure folks know that there's a sales tax vote on September fourteenth. Hey, and I remember, go we've, we've got three eight cents that's going to expire at the end of the year, so our our sales tax would actually be going down if we don't renew if if, if we don't approve this.
3: Or instead of raising it by one percent at the uh the middle of of September, you could just hold your water and uh you know that three eight you could turn around the mayor could come around and say well let's let's continue that tax
4: right and that three eight is strictly for capital uh capital expenditures which were streets roads drainage you know the things that government should actually be doing right not uh not uh not not frittering away the other thing is they're going to spend 40 million dollars on early childhood education which is basically daycare that's that's another component that the, he's going to try to get the city to start doing the city has no business uh venturing into all
3: right so explain to to the listeners right now where do you think that you sit in fighting this one percent tax do you guys think that you're you're in the fight or are you way behind oh, on the fight
4: no, no, I think we're I think we're in the fight where we're way behind is they've already got a program in the can. They've already got some commitments from uh, financially from from some donors to run a campaign on. Uh, you know, I think everybody I talk to says I'm against the tax, but we have to turn people against the tax to actually voting against the tax. Correct. it's gonna require action, and that's that's the big thing. Just about everybody you talk to when you ask them about how do you feel about raising the sales tax everybody says they're against it but then again people don't pay attention and don't go vote and if we don't go vote then they're going to get this thing passed because the mayor thinks he can roll out his base to support this sales tax and and it has a disproportionate effect on on the poorest folks in our city because this 1% goes on the grocery bill
2: you oh, know really? we, we've
4: had two gov- we we've oh yeah yeah the only sales tax that's been taken off of groceries is the state sales tax the county and the city sales tax is still on your grocery bill. So we're effectively raising everybody's grocery bill 1% on top of all the inflation that's going on. Not, grocery prices have probably risen 20 or 30% in the last year. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're talking about impacting the poorest poorest people in our city the most. It goes on your uh, utility bills. You know, there's that 1% sales tax, if you look at your utility bills, is on your utility bills as well. So it has an impact down the line, and especially when we're talking. I don't know if you talked about the inflation that's going on, but we pay sales tax on gasoline. Gasoline prices are up twenty or thirty percent, and then you're going to add another thirty percent on top of it. You know, when somebody's trying to make ends meet, that extra buck or two on a gas bill, or extra dollar or two on a uh, on a grocery bill, can mean the difference for some folks. Well, yeah, it definitely
3: means a difference for people that are on fixed incomes.
4: yeah, absolutely
3: yeah that kind of that kind of change can can had very big detrimental effects on fixed incomes. Lance, if you hold on, we're going to come back, talk a little bit more. I want you to give that website okay. again uh, before we go sure. to break and then when we come back, we'll talk about the website and we'll talk about uh, you know how people can help you fight. Uh, against what the uh, the mayor is trying to do. So Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about the Cabot Emergency Hospital, 100% physician-owned, board-certified emergency physicians with over 130 years of experience are there uh, at any time because the Cabot Emergency Hospital is always open 24-7, 365, complete radiology suites including X-rays and CT scans, bedside ultrasounds, MRI, on-site, on-site lab and pharmacy. Uh, if they can take care of it all there at Cabot, they will. If you're having a heart attack and you need to go to a you know, a, a hospital for a heart doctor, they'll get you in an ambulance and get you to a hospital. ASAP. But they also get you in soon. They uh, they see you and they'll get you out quickly because your emergency matters. They don't think you should wait. They want to get you back to your life faster at Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, we are continuing our interview with uh, City Councilman, Little Rock City Councilman Lance Hines here on the Dave Ellsworth Show, talking about the mayor's uh, push for a 1% Sales tax increase uh, that they they want to they, they want to do, and uh, so uh, Lance, let's let's talk for the people who just joined us and are heading to work. First of all, if they want to get more information, you've got it at a website. And what's that website again?
4: Yeah, website is stop one percent dot tax. So stop the number one percent dot tax and that's the percent spelled out so and okay. then we also have a facebook facebook page our our committee is called responsible taxation for little rock so you can look it up on twitter by that uh as well and if you're on twitter it's at at re, at 21 rebuild no okay so, so there's all yep, kinds uh, of ways that, to
3: get information
4: absolutely absolutely and and uh, anybody that Uh, wants to uh, reach out they can call me at 501-257-0993 that's my cell phone and i can i can get them patched into our folks like right now we're we're in the process of uh, building a campaign with our committee filed last week Uh, like i said the mayor is already the mayor and their campaign committee have already dropped mail to west little rock that i know of i don't know how many other parts of the city uh, but they're they're uh, they're way out ahead on this deal. They've had this they've had this campaign in the can since his uh, state of the city address back in March. So uh, uh, they've they've already been pre planning this and and trying to launch it. So, but like I said, it's it's just to me, I think there's probably some needs for the city that uh, that renewing our our three eighth cent sales tax that's going to expire makes makes sense, and that's what we talked about. Uh, in the paper on Saturday is that, you know, we're not, we're not opposed to all taxes, but we want responsible taxation. And this, uh, this 1% tax that the mayor wants to do is not responsible at all. I mean, they're, we're going to, we're going to be wasting a, 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 a ton of money uh, between $30 million for giraffes at the zoo to $40 million a year uh, for early childhood education, which is essentially daycare, where, where the state and the federal government are already providing hundreds of millions of dollars to folks who are, who are up to 200% of the poverty level. Um, but the mayor wants to start a whole new social program and start providing child care for, for uh, people in the community. And uh, we have no plan for that. We have um, just, just an idea. And before you go out and start spending forty million dollars a year, I'd sure like to, uh, I, I'd like to know uh, how you're going to do that.
3: Well, Lance, it seems to me, in the, and I've been in cities all across the United States doing talk the last 21 years here in Little Rock. Uh, typically, when zoos want to open up new exhibits, they go out and find a corporate sponsor to open up a new. Uh, a new exhibit. I think the late the last one was probably the penguin yeah. exhibit that they got out of the zoo. Correct. Uh Correct. I mean where did they raise the money for that?
4: Uh some of that funding came from our previous sales tax and that's what people forget about. We ten years ago we raised the sales tax one percent with five eight cent being permanent. People forget that we're we're keeping in place a five eight cent permanent tax, but uh, interesting that you should bring that up. When I, when we were going through this sales tax uh, discussion at the city board level, I came out with a proposal that said, "Okay, Zoo, we'll give you fifteen million dollars for your exhibits. You go out and raise the other fifteen million, kind of like what we did with the Art Center and the Tech Park." Right. And Susan Susan Altrui at the Zoo said we couldn't possibly raise that much money, which tells me she's already failed before because she won't even try. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the That's what we're dealing with. It's just this entitlement from bureaucrats and city government that want the taxpayers to pay for everything, and they don't want to do the hard work of going out and raising the money. And I can tell you that if we gave them $15 million, they definitely, between uh, state organizations and all of these national organizations where zoos are concerned, could go out and raise the money if they tried. But you've got a, you've got a bunch of folks that aren't even willing to go out and try or, that, that work over at the zoo right now.
3: And then I'll bring up the the thing that I always say about the zoo when they want new exhibits and things of that nature. Shouldn't you be having enough people come to the zoo that you should be able to put together a rainy day fund for future exhibits and things of that nature? It seems to me that maybe yeah. the zoo is struggling.
4: Yeah. Oh no, they they have been struggling. I mean, and 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 that thirty million is just for capital. There's ten million dollars. So basically. Uh, two million a uh, million dollars a year going to them for operating so it's a total of 40 million dollars it's not just 30 million it's it's 40 million total uh, 10 million for the operating budget because we, we continue to have to subsidize them they cannot stand on their own uh, with just attendance they, they continue to be subsidized by the by the city
3: wow I'm, I'm, well I'll be honest I wouldn't even know that the city had a zoo uh, the the public relations campaign that they do for the zoo is not very good.
4: A lot of people I would don't agree. Know. And like I said, they, they and, and they've struggled to maintain their accreditation. And the main reason they struggled to maintain their accreditation is their operating funds. It, it's never been a cat issue with capital and building exhibits. Mm-hmm. And if folks will remember the last time we had giraffes, we had homicidal giraffes. One of the giraffes killed the other one. So, uh, <laughs> so if you want to look at it that way, yeah. but, Again, like I said, if you dig deeper into the tax, there's lots of stuff. Uh, if you look at the resolution, the the other issue with it is we passed a resolution which is not binding on any future boards. So literally, if this sales tax is passed on September 14th, the city board could come in the next week and change how we're going to spend that money because it's not in an ordinance; it's in a resolution as to how we're going to spend the money. Oh, okay. So and, it, and it's a. It's a very different resolution than what we passed ten years ago when we did the previous sales tax that we're we're sitting under right now.
3: Interesting, Lance. We're out of time. I thank you for joining me today. We'll get you on before the fourteenth as well. Again, give everybody okay. that website to go to.
4: St- stop one percent dot tax. All right. www.stoponepercent.tax.
3: By the way, is so the is everybody logging in? Is one spelled out as well? No, one's the numeral one. Okay, so stop
4: percent is spelled out. Stop
3: yeah. the numeral one percent, and then uh, dot
4: tax. Dot tax.
3: All you right, I'll it. put it up on my uh, my web page. Hey, Dave, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have a, day, a good day, Lance Hines here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I just wanted to remind people about that whole thing about the penguins, and that was the the last uh, exhibit that they built. And typically, pe- places that I've been been at. Uh, you know, companies put money behind the zoo if they feel that it is a uh, extraordinary uh, zoo and that people love going to it. But when, you, when people don't even hardly hear about it a lot of times, unless there's some kind of deal going on uh, that they're trying to do like this, uh, you know, you don't even know it exists. It would seem to me... You know, if I was a member of the zoo and I was doing uh, PR, I'd be looking to do some things like Hannah used to do there in Columbus, Ohio, and show up on the local news channels with animals and things of that nature and talk a little bit about them and tell them, you know, you can learn a whole lot more about this if you come out to the zoo. Uh, I don't see that happening here uh, in Little Rock. Coming up in uh, our next hour, we'll uh, talk to Congressman French Hill, he's bringing in a gentleman uh, from uh, that represents France and uh, Britain in, in uh, the parliament over in England, and we'll be talking to all uh, of the people involved there, those, the two folks that are going to be here in the studio, and we will talk about China. That's up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 7 o'clock. You know, one of the great things about this show is not only do we have our local politicians on, but we have our national politicians on. Then we have folks that are from other countries that are politicians on. And uh, today is one of those days for us here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, let's get right to it. Uh, yesterday, Dan sent me a, uh, that's Dan Snyder, he's like, the, he keeps everything running smoothly down the tracks uh, for us, but he's got a special guest with him today, and uh, coming in and joining us uh, today is, let me make, see I get this right, uh, Remon Christie, is that right?
0: Dave, you've got it more
3: or less there. So, very, right. Yes, it is indeed. And great I said it right. Show. You did? Okay, well, we, we welcome you to Little Rock, Arkansas. Pleasure. Good to be here. Have, has, has the congressman told you he'll take you over and feed you some barbecue today? Uh, no, he hasn't told me that yet. He's he told needs me to take many you. other things. He needs to take you over there for some barbecue, and I'm trying to think... Uh, it's the best barbecue place to go. Oh, man, I'm going to get myself in
2: trouble now. You don't, Do you really want to go there? No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> this I, is a man who sells advertising. Group. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want but to. But we could him. mention names like Whole Hog or H- yeah, HBs. Take him to
3: Whole Hog and yeah. and make him eat some potato salad. Dude, that sounds absolutely delightful. I, I've been I'm, here. This
0: is my fourth time in Arkansas. It? It's a
3: great state and wonderful people. It's really it's good. Great. It's really good. So what's going on? Let me... Start off with with you and say, what's going on with COVID, where you're coming from? I think in the United Kingdom, we've had, uh, like the rest of the world, a very difficult
0: past uh, 18 months. You know, we've uh, got a population of over 67 million, and we lost over 140,000 people uh, in our country. Every life lost is uh, totally tragic and unacceptable, but from that you know to where we are now in the United kingdom you know we have eighty percent of our population uh, vaccinated and we have opened up on the 19th of uh, july the United kingdom opened up again so taking back control of their liberties and freedoms is where the United kingdom is now and so as we move forward we have to build uh, on on that so that we continue with people having their freedoms um, but ensuring they act and behave in a responsible manner with regards to uh, other people's uh, safety as well. So started off in a very difficult position, but now 80% of our population is vaccinated. And with regards to
3: the country opening up, we have now
0: fully opened up as of the 19th of July.
3: Well, if you haven't noticed here in the United States, it's pretty politicized. How about over there? Is it as bad over there as it is here? I think the question of
0: where we are now is the opposition have um – you know, said we should not have opened up in the way that we have, and the question that we have is: if we didn't open up now on the nineteenth of July, giving people back their freedom and liberty, when? And the opposition have never given us a alternative as to what they would have done. So I think, with regards to what you see in the United States and the United Kingdom, you know, you have a situation where for us, we have a you know the the opposition is now. Uh, saying they would not have done that, but they have not put forward an alternative of what they would have uh, done. So for us, I think it was absolutely crucial. The United Kingdom was one of the first countries uh, to uh, find a vaccination, and it is now in a position where 80% of our population is fully vaccinated and the COVID rates with uh, individuals who are uh, requiring hospital treatment has fallen drastically, and the country is now fully open, so people have their freedom and liberty back. And we will continue to do that and govern in the best interests of our citizens in these difficult, challenging times. And Dave, you know, it's easy now for the opposition to say they would have done this or they would have done that, but the fact is around the world we're dealing with unprecedented challenges in times, But I think our country is now coming through uh, the most difficult times and moving forward with giving people back their uh, liberties and freedoms. And and I think we have to accept we have to now live with this and take decisions in a common sense uh, way forward with regards to safety uh, of others, but having our freedom live to be back.
3: All right. So let me ask both of you this question because it concerns me. COVID-19 came, they shut it all down. All right, now they don't want to shut it down again. The president was pretty clear, no more lockdowns. Of course, if you listen to the way the, his uh, spokesman said it, she said, but, in the middle of the sentence, which means everything she'd said before, you can negate it. Uh, are we in a time in the world now, and I'll let you both talk about this, that when some kind of virus comes up, we're going to shut the world down all the time now. Are people going to be wearing masks indefinitely? In our I don't want to see that kind of world.
2: Well, I'll. I'll good morning, Dave. Glad to be with you and glad Raymond is back in Arkansas and glad we've had a chance to collaborate on some issues. Um, I'd say no. Look, if we knew last March what we know today, we would not have shut down the whole Country, We would have probably quickly implemented and, ex- and told the American people to expect a longer time frame than, oh, if you'll just uh, go home for 10 days, the virus will pass. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. But we would outline for them they probably need to do social distancing. We need to not have big, large groups. But we wouldn't shut down every restaurant, every church, every business And we saw the hypocrisy in that because of all the essential businesses are open. As I say, the liquor stores were essential and open, all the churches were closed, and even if you had a cavernous cathedral, you couldn't have one adherent present. So I don't think we should shut down. I think we've learned that. And then think about this summer versus last summer. We have a vaccine that works, that hundreds of millions of people have taken, and so we don't need to be shutting the economy down we need to be encouraging people to talk to their physician about whether the vaccine's right for them
3: now i gotta ask you what what is taking the fda so long you know a lot of people are saying well i don't want to take it because it's you know the fda hasn't said it's even safe yet how long this is one of the arguments we got about the fda takes them so long to say that something is safe
2: to be used uh, by the populace. 100%. And this is a corporate issue, too. A lot of companies are saying, well, we're not going to mandate something like this because the FDA hasn't approved it. Now we have legal liability there. And a lot of families are saying, hey, I've got questions. I'm pregnant or whatever. But one of the big questions is, well, it hasn't been permanently approved as mm-hmm. safe. So I'm shocked to tell you that uh, both Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Mm -hmm. Pfizer, I mean, they really, you won't believe this, but they have actually not submitted the final paperwork to ask the FDA for approval. So it's really not on the FDA per se. It's on those companies. And so um, I propose writing a letter. I propose to Governor Hutchison that he encourage his fellow governors that we write the president, write the FDA, asking the question, What's the delay? Why can we not help get that done? Because we have hundreds of millions of doses. They have more data for men, women, old people, young people, kids, African-Americans, white people, the whole universe. And I don't know what more data they need in order to make that determination. And so I think we should press them to do it. And I'm telling you, I was shocked it's not done by now. I thought I April agree, or May. And it's very frustrating <coughs> because it is a deterrent or you can think of it as an excuse, well, I'm going to wait. And I don't think that's in people's best interest, but I think that's between everybody and their doctor, their pharmacist. But I believe this is deterring rapid. And I'll give you an example with Raymond here, representing the United Kingdom. He represents Kent. AstraZeneca vaccine the British government approved early in 2021, and it was on a similar dosage and similar approval process over in the uk we have not approved astrazeneca here but uh, it is approved and that's what has gotten uh, the british people vaccinated
3: all right so you're not having the same problems that we're having here in the united states than in the uk then
0: i think the question is that i, I it wouldn't be fair for me to comment on, on internal affairs of the united states i think sure. french is a great congressman who does great stuff for the rock arkansas district 2 uh, I think for us, you know, as somebody who voted for Brexit, for the United Kingdom to take back its sovereignty um, by leaving the European Union. You know, as a result of that, we were able to quickly and speedily and safely uh, get the vaccination out um, rather than the delay that we saw with our European counterparts. Uh, and that's by having had the sovereignty to make decisions in the best interests of our citizens. And as a result of that, we were quickly able to get the vaccination developed, which was a game changer And then get it out as fairly, looking at targeting it at individuals of a certain age first with the most vulnerable and getting it through. I think there was a uh, a, a unanimous agreement amongst all political parties, you know, bipartisan, that the vaccination was the best way uh, to keep our citizens safe. And David, answering your question now is with regards to uh, keeping masks and individuals' liberties and freedoms. I'm a great believer, you know, in individual liberty and freedom as a basic fundamental right. But with that, you also have individual responsibility to yourself and to, to others. So United Kingdom now, as a result of rolling out that vaccination um, across the country, 80%, uh, on the 19th of July, our government took the decision, United Kingdom is open but for business and the requirement of masks will no longer be compulsory. You know, and cool. therefore, individuals have common, uh, have a responsibility to wear that in confined spaces where they think it's right and proper, but there is no legal requirement on masks within the United Kingdom from a national legislation. So, on that basis, having opened up fully in the United Kingdom, you know, we now think having done the right thing with a vaccination rollout of uh, individual freedom and liberty and the United Kingdom being open for business with individuals' freedom back is the right way forward.
3: All right. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. We come back, and I've had some people uh, texting me. Congressman wants me to ask about. Uh, January 6th, so I want to bring that up to you here when we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about our good friend Pat Davis, the health plan man. Uh, Of course, his is pat at yourhealthplanman.com on the internet. Uh, Can do great things for you as far as health insurance is concerned. Save you 30 to 50 percent. If you are self-employed, he really can help you. If you are a small businessman and you still use giving your uh, employees health insurance as a hiring technique, uh, he can help you with that as well. Uh, This is a health plan that is for conservatives. I'm going to tell you that right now because you don't have to pay for what you don't believe in, uh, i.e. abortions and things of that nature. And it's an actual insurance plan, not a share plan, and there is a big difference there. Uh, Choose any provider in the nation, and here's a big one for you no co-pays. That's right, no co-pays. All that extra money that ends up out there sometimes after you go see the doctor doesn't go to the insurance company, it goes to you. You may get end up getting a, a check for a couple hundred dollars after you've been in the hospital. Find out how this all works for you. Uh, you talk to Pat Davis about it, and he'll help you out with it his phone number 501-605-6935 or visit him online your health plan man that's one word dot com all right back with you i've been asked by some of my listeners uh about uh, the people from january 6th that are in jail right now and uh, they're being held in jail uh is
2: this something we should be concerned about Well, what I think we should be concerned about is anyone who trespassed uh, to the Capitol, did damage to the Capitol, broke the law that day on January 6th, needs to make sure they have the same rights before our federal court system as somebody else who's accused of another crime, like someone who tried to attack a federal courthouse or post office during the riots last summer, that they have due process, that they have speedy trial, that they have good representation, and that the rules are followed precisely because that's what we're – We're for equal equal protection under the law. So that's something Congress is very focused on. Both uh, Ted Cruz in the Senate, Chip Roy in the House have led letters to Merrick Garland to make sure that's the case by the approach the Department of Justice has taken. I will say to you, uh, no answer yet. So we're on it, we're watching it, and we're advocating for uh, their equal protection.
3: The wheels of justice... Turn slowly, as they say, until they turn fast. That's correct, <laughs> and, and turning fast is very seldom. All right, now can I gotta vent my spleen a little yep. bit now? And Raymond, you know, forgive me. This is this is going to be a, a straight-on American issue here. Got it. What in the hell is the president thinking? Letting people coming across our border and not testing them for COVID letting them go wherever they want to in the United States. I mean, you want to talk about a super spreader? This president is, I think he can be impeached just on this.
2: He's incompetent, is the short answer. He On the economic policy in this country that's leading to the inflation and the fact that we can't get people back to work. Oh, but it's only going to run for a little time. You know, he's an economic <laughs> illiterate, uh, is the short answer on that. But as it relates to the border, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are incompetent. President Bush, I mean, President Trump put into um, effect good policies, both to keep us safe from COVID-19, Title 42, turning people away, and for the people who want to come to this country and seek asylum, he had a stay in Mexico, remain in Mexico policy. That's the way co- it should be. In cooperation with Mexico. And it was working. This year, through June, a million people have been arrested coming into this country illegally. A million. Now, think about the people that we don't catch. That's right. We've stopped through the Texas Department of Safety and our great Border Patrol agents, a million people. We let legally into this country with a green card or permanent residency or citizenship about $1.1 a year. Do they have to be tested for COVID? You bet. In fact, this uh, week, uh, one of the people that we've helped will be going to Juarez, Mexico, for her official interview and a full health exam before she can be issued a green card. But in this instance of the incompetence of the Biden administration, 50,000 people, families, moms and families, have been flown all over the country. Every state's a border state is what I like to say. Yeah, it's true. Without being tested. They are only testing people that, that uh, present symptoms. Now, you know, we all know through COVID, we've just lived through it. That's crazy. People mm-hmm. don't know they have it. And there's a new variant coming across the border. So the border is a super spreader event, and the lead sponsor is Joe Biden.
3: You know what's weird is, and I don't think it's by any any, uh, mistake, that about 70% of those people are going to Florida. And I'm thinking, just from my perspective, who better to dump them on than DeSantis? Right. Because he's he's been he's been good in what he's been doing, and now they're like going to be the state that's going to be leading the way, and people don't realize it could be. You start what seven hundred thousand people maybe over a period of uh,
2: several months that could have the COVID, or you suddenly dump them in that state. Well, this is critical that Joe Biden keep Title forty two in place because of this pandemic. Uh, I've co sponsored uh, Jim Banks. Uh, 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 effort, I mean, Chip Roy's effort to make sure Title 42 stays in place. Uh, we're trying to get Pelosi to bring that to the House floor. We're afraid. Good luck. And, and we don't expect it. But we want people to understand that Joe Biden's policies on the border are not only wrong for the border, wrong for those families, wrong for the country, but they're also creating an enhanced public health risk for all all of our cities. And I think your point about Florida is, is, is right, uh, but every state needs to know that uh, these These folks are given a packet a ticket, and then they go to where their phone number is that they say they're headed and we don't we don't know where they the, are we don't know where they're at We've asked uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, can you provide us how many people per state or per city, not their names, not their private information, but how do you know how many people went to Cincinnati or Northwest Arkansas? We don't get an answer. And uh, we also have not had the congressional oversight inside the health and human services facilities that you saw that we had on the border at the processing facilities. Mm-hmm. And that's where this testing, health care, and even what about vaccinating them? Uh, we have this surplus vaccine that we're going to lose this month, several hundreds of thousands of that's doses right. due to the time clock. Why aren't we at least, if they're in a health and human services facility, vaccinate them? Well... Questions I ask, questions Americans asking, Democrats aren't doing squat. And we're pushing for it. And again, I can't tell you, uh, Biden's been a disappointment for six months to a lot of Americans. We all know that. We all didn't vote for him. But uh, his incompetence on the border, his lackadaisical <laughs> attitude about funding our police and the crime wave attacking this country, and his economic illiteracy, uh, hes you know, he's incompetent.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Presidency and the vice presidency and the speakership. Oh my God, three in a row. What can I tell you? I vote. I I pray for him every night that he stays president because I want Harris as vice president, suddenly being president, and then I'd have to pray for her because God knows I don't want Pelosi in there.
2: Right. Well, Kamala Harris is. Uh, I don't think she's uh, lived up to any of her hype. She's gone into hiding. Uh, She is. She's in the witness protection program. (laughs) She really has.
3: All right, I've got 45 seconds. Let's go back and and talk to Raymond just for a second. 45 seconds, biggest issue facing the UK right now.
0: I think the biggest challenge facing the United Kingdom and the rest of the world is how we recover back from COVID-19. And I think for us, the decisions government taking to open up our country, continue to ensure that our citizens are kept safe with the delivery of COVID vaccination throughout the country. And continuing on the economic recovery, working with our key partners around the world, the United States, on security, trade, and foreign policy. And that's why it's terrific to be here with my good friend, French Hill, where we've done a lot of great work on promoting international religious freedom around the world. One of the key issues is tackling the persecution of Christians around the world.
3: All right. Got to get a break here for uh, the news. Let's do that right now. Thank you, French, for coming in. Thank you. Make him take you to have some of that potato salad, I'm that whole hog, day, I'm just day, telling day. you. That's day. good stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, you. You'll be having him ship it to you over in the U.K., I'm just telling you. All right, it's the Dave Ellswick Show back with you. My thanks uh, to Raymond. He's a, he's a Tory. He's a conservative. He did a great job, and we appreciate him coming on the Dave Ellswick Show today. Don't forget about Dustin Turner. If you're looking to sell your house, I'm just going to tell you, he's the guy to go to. The way you sell your house has changed. Uh, now it's not open houses, it's it's not the books that you used to go into the realtor and they'd show you a book and they'd say, well, there's this house and there's. So it doesn't work that way anymore. They come out, take pictures in your home, they stage it up the way that they need to stage it up, put those pictures online and pe- and more than just a few people see it, tens of thousands of people see it people who are looking to buy a home, and right now there's a lot of people looking to buy homes, and there's not that many homes to buy. So if you got some things going for you, now's the time to look. I mean, look, I, I looked at my house, bought it for $155,000. Uh, it's been now, th- bought it in three. So um, I'm looking at 18 years ago I bought my house. And I bought it for one fifty-five. Nice neighborhood, sits on top of a ridge, looks down on Greystone because I can't afford Greystone. So I live outside of Greystone, but I got a nice house, all right? I'm, I'm on an acre plot on a corner, two, uh, 155. It now has been said that it's worth 257.
1: You're talking about the castle on the hill.
3: Yeah, the castle. I wish. <laughs> I wish it was a castle. Anyway, I uh, I I decided I was going to wait until next year, but... You know, sometimes, you know, when the, the, the griddle gets hot, you got to get on the griddle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm on the griddle now with, Ju- with Dustin because I know that he's going to show my house to more people than anybody else. And uh, I expect that we'll be able to sell the house because we live not that far from the air base. We're in a great school district. Uh, and I, I think that we're going to be able to move on it. And if I can walk away making a profit of 80 grand. I'm going to be a happy camper. Mm-hmm. i just got to tell you, I'm going to be a happy camper because here's what I did for my retirement. I knew I had my Social Security. I knew I'd have my 401k. And then when you sell your house, that's the the last piece. That's the cherry. Of the cherry, yeah, the cherry on top of the cake. And uh, it looks like it's going to be an awful big cherry to me. So I'm I'm really excited. I was talking to my son-in-law last night, and I'm going to lay down some new flooring in the living room. Uh, Just to update it a little bit. And then my other son in law is coming up from Texas and do some painting for me. Really? Yeah, so I got to give him credit. Got some good son in laws. I really do. All right, so you want to use Dustin Turner. That's what I'm telling you. I told you that I would tell you when I got ready to sell my house that Dustin was the guy I turned to, and I did. And uh, you can get a hold of him at 501 952 2969. 501 952 2969. Google Emma and Dustin Turner, the home team, or go to hometeamsoldit.com. All right, Wayne's here uh, in the last half hour of the show. And I asked him to stick around uh, because yesterday he went to the governor's press conference. I said, when you get there, if they ask who you're with, tell them you're with the Dave Ellswick show. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a couple of questions I wanted him to ask. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the press conference, he got the real one that I wanted him to ask, was this about all of the uh, illegals coming across the border that are infected with COVID. And we don't know how many have come to Arkansas. To go, the, the congressman just talked about it. The, the Department of Health won't tell them. Mm-hmm. uh we don't know what cities they're in we don't know squat basically anymore so uh they, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's only democrats did this i mean during you know trump's term they were trying to move some people around too and we found out and we stopped it and it was down in hot springs so let me ask you wayne did the governor's eyes get big when you asked the question well i don't think
1: he was expecting it okay that's the kind of feeling i got from it is that uh I brought up and, and started off the question uh, that he was since he was the the head of the uh, governor's association. That's correct. That he, uh, I wanted to know what the governor, what he and the association, how they, what they were doing to try to convince Biden that he was uh, that he was basically and what they had, were being told, right? <laughs> that you got a you got a bunch of folks coming over here that. And even the ones that are asymptomatic, and what they're doing, they're separating. They said you're wobbling a little bit. We're going to say you're sick, so you didn't stand over here. what about all those people that are back there sleeping next to them and traveling with them? You remember how we used to have a 14 day uh, quarantine in a lot of places? Yep. Well, that's that it goes back. Let's put them back across the border over there, and we'll separate. them Well, under the Trump, that's exactly what we did, and that's right. You want to make sure that there's, and you want to make sure that they're not sick when they get here. Number two is that if you think about it. I saw people from Africa, people from um, Asia, Middle East. Oh, they're everywhere. coming from everywhere. Now, think about all the other diseases like Ebola, about, uh, about the monkeypox, and, and some of the other diseases. Green monkey disease comes across there that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, tuberculosis and tuberculosis still. And you're just literally – so they're concentrating right now maybe, even if they, if, even if they concentrated on covid there's other things that are coming across. That are not. That doesn't include the terrorists and the mm. drug dealers and everything else. We have basically an open border that is being camouflaged by the cartels and about all those other nefarious actors in this.
3: I heard somebody say on Fox News last night, and I, I, I had to agree with them. They said, how does it make Americans feel to know that a criminal enterprise runs the border better than your government?
1: Mm-hmm. They have control over our. Yes, borders. they do. Absolutely. Now, this is what I look at. You tell me the difference between Wuhan lab over there, the Chinese releasing a, re- releasing a virus over there, and we got a president that's releasing a virus in our own country.
3: I agree with you on that, Wayne. That's by a Warfare. Lot, a lot of people um, don't think of it that way. I do. I agree with you on that. We're we're spreading this stuff all over the United States. Could the the variant that's out there is it is it being pushed forward by these people? Is that why we're seeing such an increase? I mean, these are questions that need to be asked, and we need the the the, the president to step forward and give us a straight answer because he's sure not doing it.
1: It's it's almost like everybody else is censored, and he's saying. It's okay, folks. Don't worry about it. And just giving us that pat on the back, pat on the head. He's doing saying, the magician thing. This is not a partisan. Don't look at my left hand. Right. <laughs> this is this is a nonpartisan issue. It doesn't have whether it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, Green Republican, Party, whatever. It doesn't whatever. matter. Our it. country's under attack, and it's under attack by our own. President, our own government. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I own, think it's an
3: impeachable offense, to be honest.
1: I do, too. And I, I think that articles of impeachment should be filed. I would love to see our – because you have evidence. Oh, yeah. I mean, lots of evidence. How, I yeah, mean, absolutely. They're talking about one-third of the people that, that that are infected, they're coming across that, uh, uh, that border right now, that they kind of have a feeling that one-third of those people are going between Texas and Florida, just like you mentioned. You know it seems kind of funny those are the two you know what Biden told them. He says either you wear a mask or get out of the way. yeah now, yeah. how do you feel about that? Wasn't Biden called them neanderthals? Uh, I call it <coughs> treasonous but I think he called he
3: called them Neanderthals, if I'm not mistaken. So what did the governor say? Well,
1: he said that's a valid question
3: <laughs> that's now that's a typical political. <laughs>
1: response and he said he would take it personal he would he would personally take you know take it under his, uh, under consideration under
3: advisement yeah,
1: yeah okay <laughs> but so when, gonna,
3: when's the next time he's he's having a next tuesday
1: done, no he's done another one today uh, about 10 i think
3: yeah well that's d- to deal with what's going on at the capitol when's his next just time I, usually it's tuesday isn't it
1: right now he can't get anybody to
3: carry his bill okay that's pretty serious. Well, yeah, it's real serious when you consider you got got supermajorities of Republicans in both houses. Mm-hmm. And you know what that tells me? And when they you, smell blood in the water, you, and they know he's a lame duck, and
1: nobody's going to help him. You, you open up a session, a three-day session here, three-day, day or whatever it is. If you open up a session, you may not get what you want.
3: Mm-hmm. In fact, you may get exactly opposite what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll find we'll be following that. But the next time that he has another open, uh, you know, uh, press conference, a presser, uh, I'll send you over again. He's got, and you can you can ask him that question again.
1: He's got two thirds in each house. To I think it's two thirds, or it's it's quite a bit an uphill battle to get his his bill through. Okay. And I think it's actually more than that.
3: Yeah. I'll be I'm I'm interested in him
1: giving us an answer on the border well he, you know I think he, he might and, and you know when I, I talked to him right after and I thanked him for his answer uh-huh. and, I, and I shook his hand or, or at least you know bumped your fist or something yeah. like that and, and he pulled his mask up real quick and I and uh and I asked him I said uh you know we we don't we don't know who's here who's here you don't know how many's come through. It might be ten thousand. I said they're seeing them in the restaurants down here in Arkansas. Well, every AG should be
3: filing some kind of suit against the federal government about not releasing that information to states that they're sending people to.
1: You know, Seth Myers. Oh Seth. yeah, Seth. Seth uh, told me last night I was over in Monroe County uh, uh, Republican Day dinner they had over there. Great, great bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of folks over there. And and he said he said, your question is literally making the liberals blow up. Their heads are exploding right now. Well, of
3: course they are, because <laughs> they're not asking that question. You got to ask yourself why not.
1: You have to ask the tough questions. But like I said, I, I I you know the the governor he said, aren't they testing them down there? I said no. I said you know the test is basically uh, if you look sick you go over here. Abbott is just
3: really ten yeah he's beyond himself about this all our governors ought
1: to be just like abbott i agree because you guess what we're sharing the border with them every governor it doesn't matter what political party is they ought to be they ought to be counseling the president and if they don't get an answer they'd like i would definitely i'd definitely file suit just like abbott has
3: all right let's take a break we'll come back got more to talk about east end towing wayne beach is my uh, guest today i'm going to tell you about somebody from his family going to join me on uh, tuesday of next week going to be sitting here in the studio going to be fun dallas green's coming that's going to be fun i can't wait she's got one of the best hands of anybody i have ever come across thank
1: <laughs> all right i think it's more of a wind burn
3: oh, okay <laughs> east Toyn, don't forget about them they are ready to help you in any way that they can to help me just last week and uh, i just talked to uh, joe uh, over at joe's garage and my daughter's car should be ready today we found out they had a, a leak uh, in the air conditioner so that's got to be fixed that's probably half the price of taking care of her car is fixing the air conditioning, not cheap to do that anymore, so uh that's being taken care of and uh i found out some other things dealing with her car that i I did not know I'll talk about that in the future. I want to talk East end towing right now, whatever the situation lock your keys out of your car in your car, East end towing can help you. You need to be picked up on the side of uh, i forty East End Towing can take can the, do the job for you. Want to go to a specific garage? East End Towing can take care of that for you as well. All you have to do is call them when you need them. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Remember what I tell you. Put this number in your glove compartment. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. 501-888-8849. East End Towing. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're down to about eight minutes remaining, and uh, Wayne Beach stops by. Your daughter's going to be here next Tuesday. Is that right? Oh
1: man, you better, you better, you better get some. Uh...
3: I hear that she is really, <laughs>
1: she, really conservative. If you if you think that I'm conservative, she scares me. Yeah,
3: because we'll have Elizabeth. Look, I am so proud of the Republican women. The Republican women have done. Just so much, and they have pushed through some uh, legislation that the guys should be ashamed that they didn't push through.
1: Let me tell you something that I, I noticed this morning: we're holding a a the Republican Women's League County. They're holding a a uh, homeschool symposium or. Uh, uh, Instruction yeah, when's that coming up? It's coming up pretty quick. I just saw it this morning. You
3: know, I have Jerry Cox come on and talk about homeschooling all the time. I can have these folks come on and talk. But about they're going
1: it. to hold it at the at the uh, you know the white old white furniture place down there. That yeah. They call the, they call the enclave. Huh. They're going to hold it down there, and basically those parents that feel like they don't want CRT or or Project Sixteen Nineteen or whatever, and and as well as white privilege, as well as the mask and all these other things, right. You know, you can always homeschool. You don't want to expose your kid to something. We're going to give you that other option, and we're going to show you how to do it, how to build a coalition an association. I think that whenever the the uh, teachers' association sees what's about to happen, they're about to let a genie out of the bottle, and they're not going to be able to it, stick it back. Well, in it's that. the same
3: thing about, look, the reason we don't have the school choice we should have here in Arkansas right now because is because there's so many Republicans that are are being mealy mouth about it. Mm-hmm. Republicans want school choice. That's right. They it,
1: need to give us school choice. It's right in the Republican Party and uh, platform right there. It tells it. The other thing I say is this what's going to scare them is because there's liable to be some money taken away from them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that right money really gets so. taken away, and it gets it. You can spend it on, you can spend it on private school, or you can spend it on the other. And I know you advertise private schools a lot of times too. Oh yeah, and I think you're going to see a big boost in those.
3: I think we need to do what co- at the time State Representative Bruce Westerman wanted to do when he was uh, there at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. and he wanted it to be set up that every student was given the the necessary funds it was made available to the families to put their kid into what school they want to put them into whether it's a public school in a private school or whatever or kind homeschool. of school all right yeah be put, be able to put their kids into the schooling they want now somebody says well they let all these people Home school. How are we going to know they're learning?
1: They have tests that they have to take. That's right, and I can tell you right now. And I'm going to tell you what
3: they they put public schools to shame. You're not joking. In a lot of the private schools, that
1: Constitution school we our Constitution camp we had down there the other uh, last week or the other week. Mm -hmm. I I I got to asking. I said, Are you uh uh, what school you go to? And you know what? I'm homeschool. I'm homeschool. I'm going. And they were the ones that. That were just brilliant.
3: How about R.D.'s daughter? That's homeschool. All right, she's homeschooled. You look at she's a, she should be a sophomore. <laughs> uh, I think a, a junior now in in high school. She's a sophomore in college. I know. All right, she's smarty man. You look at the old philosopher Paul Calvert. He's yeah. homeschooled. Yeah, yeah. Right? My Old Testament prophet. Yeah, Old Testament prophet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for them. All right, so yeah, the, the, the special session. We'll start here in a couple of hours mm-hmm. uh, over uh, at the Capitol. I know that there's some uh, state senators that held their water yesterday, mm-hmm. didn't bring out what they're going to do. I have a feeling I know what's coming, and uh, because they kind of alluded to it, so it's going to be an interesting day. So it's kind of like go ahead, and make my day. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really, really. Oh, did uh, you hear Bongino
1: uh, uh, get on the governor?
3: No, I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty blistering um, review. To say the governor's not going to go on the Bongino show. He's not going to go on. <laughs> he's not going. Back I don't think he's <laughs>
3: going to be back on Tucker Carlson anytime soon.
1: No. Maybe yeah, we'll over here on the Dave Ellswick
3: Show. Oh, by the way, <laughs> well, he's been on. I, I mean, I the, the well, governor has been good about coming to this show and coming on. You know why? He mm-hmm. knows that I
1: will treat him respectfully. Well, you give him a fair chance. Yeah. To defend his thing. Yeah, I, absolutely. I agree, and that's what you should do.
3: And so let me just uh, ask this, uh, just for people who don't know, uh, Cindy Williams, you mm-hmm. know who I'm talking yeah. about, mm-hmm. who basically uh, is running uh, Pulaski Republican Women. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on Monday here on my show. Oh man, I'm, I'm going to give the women a lot more time here on my show because they're the ones willing to take on the big issues. They're the they're, ones
1: that are action.
3: They're that's right. They're not scared. I mean, Mary Bentley and Robin Lundstrom and all Pan the rest Boyd. of them. Yeah, Pan they're Boyd. good, good people. They're great legislators, mm-hmm. and I and I love them for it. I really do. I mean, that's what, I everybody mean. knows how crazy I am about how robin lundstrom has done mm-hmm. in the last two sessions i've i have voted her my my number one conservative le- legislator mary bentley mary bentley's right there i love here's my one of my claims to fame i'm the one who talked mary bentley into running for the house good job and she's got elected. she's going to be a senator soon I really believe I that. I believe so too. She will be a senator, and uh, she's great. She's very, very good. She's taken her lumps, and she's learned along the way, as Robin has, and as others. That's to, right. It's the way you learn when you you go over there and play hardball with the with the most the semi pros. We'll call
1: them semi pros. I'm gonna tell you if you want something done, get Republican women to do it. Those Republican women groups. Yep. I'm gonna tell you they get stuff done, like the Constitution Camp like the you know the slane county republican women put that on you talking about this this homeschool
3: da- was a dallas green you got that to dallas county green
1: going? and and uh and i'll tell you um uh lancaster um jennifer lancaster she has been a big proponent of it i'm gonna tell you what jennifer she basically wrote the scripts she's doing everything else and i'm gonna tell you we just we just played a role but i'm gonna tell you dallas has done a bunch too yeah dallas is becoming a very powerful part her and my daughter are coming they're they're starting it's so funny
3: they've all been friends of my facebook and and whatnot but i've never really gotten to know them well we're all going to get to know them here in the near future you're going to hear a lot from them here on the Show.
1: like this
3: yeah that's fine (laughs) that's what i want i want to hear i want to hear people who aren't happy just sticking with the status quo. Well, Wayne, thanks for dropping by. Appreciate
1: it. Thanks for having me.
3: I'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. I'm trying to think. Ken Yang is going to join us tomorrow. Joel Johnson is going to join us tomorrow. You'll join us tomorrow, starting at 6 a.m. on the Dave Ellsworth Show.